Welcome to I Run Radio. Coming up, the joy of completing a first marathon. I wouldn't say it was on my bucket list. It had been kind of on my, uh, it, this might sound strange, but I almost had a sense of obligation that I should do it. Um, I should do it because I knew I could do it. Um, you know, I, I tallied, tallied up our, our events the other day, and I think I think the marathon I did was my, my 50th race or somewhere in that. Uh, but I'd never done a marathon. Uh, and I thought, geez, I've done all these races. I've never done a marathon. Uh, I spend an awful lot of time with people, um, you know, in the in the running world that have done one or many marathons um, and thought uh, this is something that I should do. Earning a spot in the 2020 Olympics. It feels validating. And I mean, it's something I never thought I would be aiming towards when I was younger or even in university or anything like that and um I mean maybe it sounds bad but I it like means a lot because I feel like it means a lot to a lot of other people um like it's an important thing if you're looking for sponsors or it it's like what people care about if they look at your race resume um that said like it's a great position to be in because it opens a lot of doors for me um, just easier to get into races and compete internationally and um, hopefully is like a a little bit more lucrative. So, yeah, it's yeah. a great opportunity. And completing 10 events in one year. So I believe it's very important to, to get back to running, running to me because that's where I started. And also, like, uh, and like in my opinion, like the volunteers is what makes the uh, the event possible so i started like volunteering at a couple of events this year and uh, and i intend to do so like for well, like forever you know like uh, it's very important i find like i understand as a runner how, how important volunteers are so it's it's a good way to give back it would be on the other side on this edition of i run radio we'll talk to a runner who just completed his first marathon and he's already thinking about another Dana Pitoreski, who will represent Canada in next year's Olympic marathon, will be with us. Plus, we'll talk to one of the runners who earned a place in the Sports Stats Hall of Fame by doing 10 races this year. Let's get things started now with the editor and general manager of iRun, Ben Kaplan. Hello, Ben. Hey there. How are you this week? A little oh, colder man, than last good. week, maybe? Yeah, yeah, but, but you know, it's the, the harder the run is, it sounds like something John Stanton might tweet, but the harder the <laughs> run is, the more rewarding it feels when it's over. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, yeah. And, and uh, you know, the, the the bigger the challenge, the the more you get from it, right? It's it. I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, winter running, I will confess, this is not my favorite. Actually, and are you, have you gone to the treadmill yet? Are we there? Well, I do some running on the treadmill out of convenience at times, uh, even even during the spring, summer, and fall, just if my wife is out and the kids are at home and I need to get a run in. But yeah, it's it's ramped up a little bit lately. There's been a little more looking out at 5.30, quarter to 6 in the morning, deciding, yeah, the basement is actually a lot warmer than out there, right? To get out there at 5.30 in the morning in the, in the wintertime is just really admirable. But you know, once you get out there, it's totally fine. You know, yep. it's, it's the first step is the hardest. The rest of them are easy. I would say like the first 
hundred steps are kind of tricky, but I, it does. I do know what you mean, and it does. You do warm up. And yeah, get used to it. So it's kind of. But like I guess I guess what I would say is, once you're running, once you're moving, yeah. you're not going to yeah. turn around after a hundred yards, right? You're no. you're going to keep yeah, going. For sure. So for then sure. it's done. Then it's done, and you just have to stick it out. You know. So, um, and the, there's some interesting stuff going on at five thirty in the morning in the in the darkness in the winter. You know, you see the people waiting at the bus stop because they've got the early shift. You see people walking their dogs. Uh, you see maybe some people coming home. Uh, you see, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a lot going on at that time. It can be interesting. You get the no, smells I, the smells from the bakeries, you know? I like that. Yeah, no, being a runner definitely opens you up to new and, uh, you know, awesome experiences. Yeah. Too, and you see things that other people don't, especially in the wintertime, too, when a lot of people hibernate and a lot of people sort of, go underground i mean it's very much when we're running like this we stay attuned to the season and see everything all year long are you all the way through the halloween candy in your household yet well you know it's funny that you mentioned that because just this very last night the night prior i hit the the halloween candy pretty hard and like ugh so (laughs) we still I, i wish i could say i was but we still have it i still eat it yeah you know more more than uh more than one should What I find, yeah, we still have some left. And what I find interesting is uh, there's there's some psychological consumer lesson in this. But, uh, you know, if there were two full-size coffee crisps or Kit Kats in my house, I'd never eat two of them in the same day. But if there are, if there's a box of those small coffee crisps or the Halloween-sized Kit Kats, um, I'd eat the equivalent of three chocolate bars, full-size chocolate bars in one day, right? Because I'm only having one little one at a time, you know? Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like that whole thing about breaking your run up into small pieces, right? So you're not thinking about 30K, you're just thinking about running to the next corner, you know? That's what I do with the Halloween candy as well, apparently. But it's the, it's the unfortunate inverse. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I know. I don't know if those little ones are they're going to be the death of me. Yeah. Uh, Dana Pitoreski is on the show today, and uh, wow, you know, can't say enough about what a terrific uh, story she is, and now she's going to the Olympics. Yeah, uh, you know, and her perseverance and her, I mean, the marathon is so hard and so just, you know, you can't, you can only do it so many times. You only get a couple of cracks at it. So she has trained hard by herself in Vancouver, out of the public eye, you know, not really reaping accolades. And despite that, you know, self-driven, self-motivated, believing in herself, uh, I wouldn't say when the chips were against her, but coming back from frustrating, disappointing experiences and sticking with it and somehow sensing that she could do it. And she did. Yeah. Very inspiring. And also on the show today, we're going to talk to Vincent Ng, who uh, is, uh, he completed more than 10 races timed by Sports Stats this year, so that gets him into the Sports Stats Hall of Fame. We're going to talk to a guy. Vincent. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's a guy who just loves running. He's really taken yeah. to it. Uh, you know, he's a great ambassador for the sport. And uh, also a, a guy I know, Richard, who... Uh, is, has just completed his first marathon, has been running for a long time, has been doing clinics at the running room, leading them with his wife, and just did his first marathon in Toronto. So nice oh, story to share there as well. So, Ben, nice. we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the Halloween candy and the cold weather. I appreciate it, my friend.
Ben Kaplan, I Run's editor and general manager. Coming up next, getting to the finish line of a first marathon. Registration is now open for the Tamarack Ottawa Race Weekend. It's Canada's biggest marathon weekend with a kids race, a 2K, 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, and the Lumberjack Challenge. Four races covering a distance of 59.2K. It's the event of the year, and we'd love to see you there. Welcome back to I Run Radio. I Run Radio is on the air every Sunday morning on 1310 News in Ottawa. And you can also listen to the podcast. And you can check out past editions of the show at irun.ca. Just click on radio. There are so many wonderful and inspiring stories you can listen to there. If you haven't heard past editions of I Run Radio, go check it out. I'm always excited to talk to someone who has just completed their first marathon. The first marathon is so special. You go from thinking and wondering about yourself, can I actually complete this distance, to knowing that you've done something really hard. Richard Weens is a runner and triathlete from Ottawa, and I really admire him because he and his wife have led clinics at the running room. In fact, they've invited me to speak at those clinics, and together they recently did the Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon, and it was Richard's first. Richard, thank you for joining us on Iron Radio. Well, thanks for having me, Mark. And I know you have a great passion for running, and you've led many clinics along with your wife at the running room, but you had never done a marathon before. So before we talk about doing the Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon, uh, let's just talk about what got you into running and why you like it so much. Sure, sure. So I think my my story is probably not that uncommon. I was uh, I was in my late thirties. I had uh, three relatively small kids. Um, I had never really had a lot of athletic endeavors, so I wasn't big into sports as a kid. Um, I'd always been maybe a little bit on the heavy side, and as as kind of life progressed and things um, things went on, uh, I paid less and less attention to um, uh, to health and to eating and to exercise in favor of you know paying attention to kids and jobs and all the rest of that stuff that gets in the way. Um, and when I was in my late forties, I have this I have this vivid recollection actually of the exact picture that I looked at um, and said to myself at that moment, "Oh my goodness, I'm gonna, I have to do something differently here." So um, if I want to uh, if I want to be around for my kids, um, I'm going to need to to change something. Um, and it happened at the same time that I started working for a company uh, that had a pretty big health and fitness culture. Uh, at the time, it was MDS Nordion, and they were sponsors of the uh, the race weekend 10K. Um, but they had a learn to run program, um, and at the same time, they were actually also uh, running a, an on-site Weight Watchers program. So I started to do both of those things, uh, and I found they fed off each other. So as I would as I would start to run more, um, the weight would come off faster, and as the weight came off faster, I would actually get faster running. Um, and I found, you know, over a over a six month period, I really got into sort of both of these things, and that that's kind of that's kind of what kicked it off. Um, and from from then to now, uh, it's just been a um, sort of a journey of uh, all kinds of different things. Running, uh, our our focus has really been triathlon, but we've done uh, we've done a, done a bunch of different races on uh, uh, on both the, the running front and on the triathlon. Right front. on. Well, good for you. And and uh, what is it that you like about it? Because uh, you know some people try it and they lose some weight and they complete a 10k or a half marathon or something like that, and then they don't go back to it. But you've obviously stuck with it. 
Yeah, I think it, it just kind of became ingrained. I mean, I really enjoyed it, and particularly, uh, particularly in those days when when you could see noticeable progress uh, in terms of getting out there and uh, and running running with the program um, and seeing results uh, and having a goal, having a goal race. I mean, that's one of the things that we've always found is. Um, you know, we've 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 run fairly regularly, even without a goal race. But um, to have a race out there uh, really motivates you to get out there, and it's easy, right? I I, uh, I travel a lot for business, um, and it's not hard at all to stick a pair of uh, a pair of running shoes in. And honestly, I've had some of the most wonderful runs I've ever had uh, have been in in exotic places where you just head out and and find a yeah. place to run. So tell me about some of those. What are some of the places where you have run? Well, so one of the one of the ones that comes to memory is uh, uh, is a run I did in Bangkok, Thailand, uh, and it just happened. Um, there was a, a nice little park, uh, probably a kilometer from my hotel, and I wanted to do a run, uh, and it was wickedly hot. It was you know thirty five degrees and one hundred percent humidity, uh, but I went out anyway. And I started to run around this park, and it had a whole bunch of different paths and uh, and roadways and things. But there was kind of a path around the circumference, uh, and I went out and I started to run. And um, I ran for a while, and then a guy came up behind me um, and started to started to run with me. And we didn't really uh, we didn't speak the same language, but we kind of exchanged this um, I, I don't know what it was a, a runner's vibe or a runner's communication. And we ran together for a while. Um, and then I, you know, we kind of pushed each other. And at some point, um, I was running a bit faster with him and he, he, he kind of dropped off the back. He was done. So I stopped and I went back and, uh, encouraged him to keep on going. And we did, did another couple of laps. Um, and then we were both finished and we smiled and shook hands and went our separate ways, never exchanged a word, but, uh, it was kind of, it kind of signaled to me that there's this kind of universal, uh, language of runners, right? I think yeah. you can go anywhere in the world and, and come across people that, that have the same kind of, um, the, the same kind of interest that you do. That's fantastic. What a great story. Uh, and uh, what an interesting place to run as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've, uh, I've done, I've done that in other places as well in South America and other places in Asia. Wow. And of course, anywhere, anywhere in Canada and the U S that you travel, um, not, not hard to stick a pair of running shoes in your, yeah, in exactly. Your yeah. Um, so you did all this running, but you never did a marathon. Um, and, and as you mentioned, you were doing triathlons. I know you did some half marathons. What made you decide to finally tackle the marathon? Well, it was, it had always been, I wouldn't say it was on my bucket list. It had been kind of on my, uh, this might sound strange, but I almost had a sense of obligation that I should do it. Um, I should do it because I knew I could do it. Um, you know, I, I tallied, tallied up our, our events the other day and I think, I think the marathon I did was at my, my 50th race or somewhere in that. Uh, but I'd never done a marathon. Uh, and I thought, geez, I've done all these races. I've never done a marathon. Uh, I spend an awful lot of time with people, um, you know, in the, in the running world that have done one or many marathons, um, and thought uh, this is something that I should do at the same time. My wife and I were were uh, training for Barrelman, which is a seventy point three a half iron distance triathlon in Niagara Falls in September, and we said, "Wow, geez, we're doing all this training. Uh, we're putting all this volume of training in. Um, how much more work would it be to train for a marathon on top of that?" And that turned out um, that turned out not to be a good strategy in the end. Uh, but that was kind of the that was kind of the logic that we went went through. 
uh, we're doing all the training anyway. Uh, we'll just pick a we'll pick a race that sort of um, you know a month or six weeks after our A race, and we'll just go do that marathon, uh, and then we can, can check that box. Right. Okay. So why did that not turn out to be a good strategy? Well, um, I think in part um, we had this idea that the incremental training would not be a big deal. But it turns out, you know, when you're training for a for a seventy point three, um, you're training for a half a half marathon running distance, um, and so you're doing long runs that are in the you know seventeen, eighteen, twenty kilometer range. Um, but you're also doing biking and swimming. Yeah. Um, so there, so there's, there's two issues. One is there's a big difference between doing a 20 kilometer long run and a 32 kilometer long run. Um, and also because you're doing the other disciplines, you're doing biking and swimming, you're not running as much. Um, so despite the fact that we were doing our long runs, we were really only running one other time a week. Um, uh, when we were doing the cross training, which of course helps, but, uh, I think in the end we didn't have, uh, we didn't have as much volume of running under our belts as, as we needed to have for the marathon. So how did the marathon go? Tell us about the experience. Uh, it was a great experience. It was a, it was a fantastic day. Um, we'd had, uh, in contrast to the Barrowman, which was for the third year in a row, really, really hot and humid. And this year it was windy. Um, the conditions were absolutely, uh, perfect in Toronto for Scotiabank waterfront. Um, it's not a course I had done before, um, even the half, um, but it's a, it's a beautiful course. Um, it's relatively flat. A lot of it's along the, the waterfront, so it's quite picturesque. Um, and the first half of the first half of the race went quite well. Um, we didn't really have a, a goal time uh, in mind, but we knew r- roughly what kind of pace we uh, we thought we could run, and we managed to do that for the first half of the race. Um, and then I think the, the kind of the, the mental game started in, right? So you get to you get to twenty one point one, and particularly in that race, um, everyone starts at the same time. The full and the half start at the same time. Yeah. So when you get to twenty, when when you get to about nineteen kilometers, the half marathon guys peel off, and you know that they're two kilometers away from finishing, and you basically have to do the whole thing again. Um, and and you gotta you gotta you know there's sort of two ways you can look at that. Hey, I'm half done. Um, it's all kind of downhill from now. <laughs> or oh my goodness, I got to do this again. Yeah. Um, so you have to kind of talk yourself into that. Um, and the second half of the race just uh, you know just sort of went slower than the first half. And we both had uh, I ran it with my wife, and we both had sort of uh, um, um, you know physical challenges going through, just, uh, you know, soreness. She had some problems with her knees. Uh, I've been having trouble with my back, all the rest of that kind of stuff. Um, but we, uh, we slogged it out. And I think we, um, you know, we, we had, we had a certain degree of mental toughness having done, um, some longer distance triathlon and knowing that you, you just have to, you know, you have to talk yourself into, to keeping on. Um, and we managed to we managed to grind it out in the end, and it was uh, it was it was a good experience. Good for you! Congratulations! Thanks very much. Yeah, and so how did it feel to have completed your first marathon? Uh, it was uh, it was great. It was <laughs> we were we were tired and we were sore, but I would say we were um, we were elated. Um, you know, a little bit emotional. Um, it was. Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, it was a great experience overall. I mean, put it this way: I didn't. I don't think at the end of that race I said I'll never do this again, as I know some people do. Um, I probably said I, I wouldn't do this again soon. 
Um, but it actually it actually made me think almost right away about hmm. I wonder I wonder what other marathons we could do. Okay, so you are thinking about doing another one. Yeah, I think we um, I think we won't do one next year. I think we've uh, um, you know we've had we've had a year we've had several years of pretty busy training summers. Um, and I think our, our plan is to sort of take next year, not take next year off, but to do shorter distance races and do some, some uh, you know, Olympic distance triathlon and that kind of stuff. Um, but we've already sort of got in our head that we'd uh, someday we'd like to do New York uh, and maybe some of the other sort of uh, um, destination marathons. Um, we have a particular connection to, to Disney, so we thought maybe about some of the Disney events, those kinds of things. Right on. Um, um, yeah, there's a there's a whole there's a whole world of opportunities out there. Sure, there sure is, and you're just at the beginning of it. So yeah, that's great yeah, stuff. Absolutely. Richard, congratulations to both you and your wife. And yeah, thanks very much. Mark. Well done. Thanks for joining us. Okay, no trouble. That's Richard Weens of Ottawa, and again, congratulations to him, and congratulations to everybody who completed their first marathon this year. We're coming to the end of the marathon season in Canada. And I know a lot of people cross that threshold. I think back to my first marathon in 2004, and I'll never forget the feeling of struggling to get to that finish line and then finally crossing it and being able to say to myself, yes, I am a marathon runner. Coming up next, somebody who's going to be representing Canada in the Olympic marathon next year in Japan, Dana Pitoreski's journey to the Tokyo Olympics. We'll be right back. Registration is now open for the Tamarack Ottawa Race Weekend. It's Canada's biggest marathon weekend with a kids race, a 2K, 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, and the Lumberjack Challenge. Four races covering a distance of 59.2K. It's the event of the year, and we'd love to see you there. Dana Pitoreski didn't just run the fastest marathon of her career last month in Toronto. She took more than six minutes off her previous best time. And she qualified to represent Canada in the Olympic marathon next year in Tokyo. Dana, thank you so much for joining us once again on I Run Radio. My pleasure. And congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, it still doesn't seem real, but <laughs> I guess it is. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, let's talk about the race uh, that got you into the Olympics. Uh, just tell us how it went, how you were feeling, and uh, and uh, what it was like crossing the finish line, knowing that you'd uh, booked yourself a trip to the Olympics. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I was on the start line feeling pretty confident in my training. Um, it sort of all came together at the right time. Um, so that was nice to feel. Um, I felt uh, relaxed and fit and had a great night's sleep before the race, which doesn't always happen. Mm. Um, and, yeah, um, just sort of went out harder than we planned on it, but I was feeling really good and just sort of trusting that, you know, something special was going to happen. Um, instead of being frightened of the pace <laughs> and I had a pacer and that was helpful. I just sort of relaxed behind him and tried to just continually think about, um, being prepared to work hard the last, um, 10 K or so. So I always had that on my mind just to make sure that I wasn't, um, 
going out too hard. Like I kept thinking that I I wanted to finish um, relatively hard. Um, went through halfway about a minute faster than we had anticipated. And, you know, I was still feeling like this was going to be a really good day. Um, kept going, still felt good. And in the last 10K, I was starting to feel a little bit tired. So my plan of trying to hammer it home um, didn't really happen. But I knew that I was well ahead of... Um, the pace that I would need to be running to run under the Olympic standard of 229.30. Um, so I just kept thinking of being conservative and making sure I made it to the finish line. And yeah, crossed the line and just couldn't believe what had happened. Um, yeah, it was an amazing moment. And yeah. I can't imagine something topping that. Yeah, good for you. Uh, so uh, you you ran a pretty aggressive race, right? I mean, this was uh, you were you took it out pretty fast in the first half of the race, so uh, you were uh, you were really setting the stage for one of two scenarios: either the one you had, or one where it all comes apart in the second half. And we've all been there in marathons. So uh, tell me a little bit about that, because you obviously were were very aggressive in this race. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the plan, and I didn't feel like I was being aggressive. It just all really came so easily. It's definitely the the easiest uh, first half of a marathon has ever felt, ever. Um, so I think that's sort of the key is just that felt really easy that day, and I didn't feel like I was ever straining or pushing. Um, it was really, I think, between 5 and 10K, that was a really fast segment, and I think it was, like, I like downhills. I'm a pretty efficient downhill runner, so that might have been where things got away from me time-wise from, like, the prescribed pace that I had originally thought I was going to um, go for. So, I don't know. It didn't feel aggressive, but I know on paper it definitely yeah. looks like that. Well, that's a good sign if it didn't feel aggressive. Uh, but you did take more than seven minutes off your personal best time, I think, right? Yeah. Um, I just feel like the marathon for me hasn't shown what I'm capable of the last, I mean, basically every attempt I've had prior to this race. So it looks like a huge jump, but my training for the last two years have really has really dictated that I could run significantly faster. So it's nice to finally run what I've been training for. Yeah. And that's the thing about the marathon, right? Is that unlike shorter yeah. distances, you can you can be in shape to produce a certain time, but it still doesn't happen because it's such a long race and there are so many variables beyond your control, right? Yeah, and when you only race two a year, it's really hard to get everything right on the day. Yeah, and you can't just go out the next weekend and do another one, right? I mean, unless you're Sarah Hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are some people, I guess, who can for some reason, but very few, very few. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what does it mean to you to be going to the Olympics? Um, I mean, it feels feels validating and I mean it's something I never thought I would be 
aiming towards when I was younger or even in university or anything like that. And um, I mean, maybe it sounds bad, but I it like means a lot because I feel like it means a lot to a lot of other people. Um, like it's an important thing if you're looking for sponsors or it, it's like what people care about if they look at your race resume. Um, that said, like it's a great position to be in because it opens a lot of doors for me. Um, just easier to get into races and compete internationally and um, hopefully is like a, a little bit more lucrative. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah. a great opportunity. <laughs> well, that's great, uh, and and it should be. Uh, it's it's uh, it's like a really good career move, effectively, if you if you want to compare yeah. it to that. Yeah, and right. and we should underscore, uh, you know, how important that is because because you, um, you know, spectators of the sport will will see you running in this race, and they'll see you do well, and then they'll see you compete in the Olympics, and they don't see all the many months and years that you put in before that when. Uh, you have to juggle school and running or work and running, and you've got to fit your training in around the rest of your life and make a living and, and figure out a way to get that balance where you're able to train, but but you're able to sustain yourself as well. And those there are a lot of uh, difficult decisions and challenges that that elite athletes, elite runners in Canada face away from their training, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's hard to stay in a sport like this unless you have support, um, just to be able to survive. Like, I'm really thankful that I, I have a husband who fully supports and coaches me. And, um, without him, I don't think I would be able to stay in this sport for as long as I have, because I just wouldn't be able to devote as much time to training and recovery. Yeah, that's so crucial. And uh, it wasn't so long ago that a lot of elite athletes in this country had to fit their training in around full-time jobs because there there wasn't enough sponsorship and financial support there for them, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, what happens now as you look ahead to next year and, and you you sort of start to to uh, gear up for the Olympic marathon and, and time out the next uh, 10 months of your life, basically? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Josh was mentioning that our build for Tokyo would probably start in May at some point in time, and then until then, I'd really like to try to run a fast half. Um, it's a fun distance; you can run a couple of them, and I really need a new half marathon PB. So I would love to get that sometime this year, at least. Well, that, um, that's so a- I'll probably do Houston half marathon. And I'd love to make the world half marathon team if I can. I know it'll be tough because it's hard to find half marathons so early in the year and be able to run fast at the time. But that's sort of like a little goal that I have. Okay. And and you can focus on those kinds of things because you, you know what you're doing next summer, right? Yeah, exactly. It really is the best position to be in and... I'm so happy because I, before the race, I was telling Josh that I just really didn't want to run a spring marathon. I just wanted to time things perfectly into the Olympics. And, uh, yeah, it's great to be in that position. Yeah. So your next marathon will be at the Tokyo Olympics, basically. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So t- tell me again what it meant for you to to finally have a race that went the way you wanted it to, to have that huge improvement over your previous personal best and to know you were going to the Olympics. When did that start to sink as, sink in for you? Take us kind of through the finish line and beyond as you as you processed all of that. Yeah, I think one of my first thoughts was, um, like, I'm so happy that I was able to do this because I have such a team around me, and they're so supportive, and my job on race day is to go out there and perform. So when things don't go well, I feel like I've just let everybody down because they're, like, that's my one job during that day, and they've done so much work prior to the <clears throat> prior to the race. Um, so it's just like great to see, to see Josh at the finish line and he was thrilled and that just made me so happy because I knew, know he's sacrificed so much, um, in the last, I mean, we've been working together for like 10 years. So it's a great one. It all comes together and, um, you know, it's just joyous for all those other people who have been supporting you. Yeah. Um, it's a team effort, isn't it? Yes. Uh, I would not be in this position without my team, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, congratulations again, Dana. Well done. And I know all Canadians, especially runners, are looking forward to seeing you compete in the Olympics next year. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. That's Dana Pitoreski, who will be representing Canada in next year's Olympic Marathon. Coming up next, completing 10 events in one year. Registration is now open for the Tamarack Ottawa Race Weekend. It's Canada's biggest marathon weekend with a kids race, a 2K, 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, and the Lumberjack Challenge. Four races covering a distance of 59.2K. It's the event of the year, and we'd love to see you there. Vincent Ng of Toronto is one of many runners who made it into the Sports Stats Hall of Fame by finishing at least 10 races this year that were timed by Sports Stats. Vincent, welcome to I Run Radio. Oh, uh, thank you, Mark. Thank you. thank you for having me. So you've said you can't imagine your life without running. Why is that? Uh, absolutely. Um, f- for one, I enjoy running, and um, it's very important, like, more importantly, like, uh, since 2005, since the birth of my uh, my daughter, um, running has become part of my life, and it helps me to keep me going because uh, my daughter was um, hospitalized for the first six months of her life, and so that that helped me going. The, the running helps me, and um, ever since I started running like regularly. Yeah, and, and tell me about that. Uh, first of all, is your daughter okay? has like like I mentioned like she has some like serious like uh, health issues so like I don't I don't get into details but okay. uh, yeah that's her condition yeah yeah well I'm sorry to hear that but uh, how I guess running helps you cope with the stress associated with that absolutely absolutely like like I guess running is like a form of therapy for me yeah, yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah so tell me about when you started running I started when I was like in my mid thirties. Um, yeah, so long story short, I, I saw an ad in the newspaper of a, a running store, like like a grand opening of a running store near my house. So as soon as I saw that, I said, "Okay, this is it. Like I have to go for it. Um, like 
but month before that I started like getting into shape I started like uh, my cardio on on an elliptical machine so when I saw the ad said okay I have to go for it you know like uh, go for the run uh, on that day which is uh, March, March 30th 2011 okay yeah that's that's when that's the exact day when I started my running career <laughs> all right March 30th 2011 and not long yes, after that right. you entered your first 5k race right that's right. Yeah, a few a few weeks uh, later, they entered my first official 5K race. Um, funny story. I, I had no clue in um, in running, so I remember vividly what I wore that day: um, a gray cotton t-shirt and a pair of gym shorts. <laughs> right. And and the funny thing is, like I like around before we started, I heard a few runners around me like talking about like running out of tires. So that prompted me to do my research after the race on on, on running gear. So now I know why they say cotton's rotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cotton yeah. is rotten, right. Uh, I have pictures of myself in my first half marathon wearing a cotton t-shirt, a baseball hat, and uh, cotton shorts. Yeah, so I've, I've been there too. Um, so so you've done all kinds of, of races now, and of course uh, this year uh, you did so many races that you, you got into the Sports Stats Hall of Fame. Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Like, uh, yeah, like like you mentioned, like I, I mean, I've done races from five to five uh, k to marathon, and this year my focus was to work on my speed. So my goal was to um, to run a sub twenty five k, and I'm, I'm very pleased to announce that I, I accomplished that goal like a, a couple of weeks ago. Well, well good for you. In September. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. So five uh, yeah, so uh, k. A five yeah. k mm-hmm. in less than twenty minutes. Good for you. Yeah, That's really fast. I was, yeah, I wasn't far that far off from a sub nineteen. So, <laughs> so very happy. Good for you. And then yeah. you you also did uh, personal best times in the ten k and the half marathon. Is that right? Yes, this year's as as well, but not as like yeah, uh, yeah, both of them the ten and a half. But my the the best accomplishment of this year was the sub twenty five k. Okay. And yeah. what's next for you? I know you uh, you're you're turning forty two, I think. So forty two is kind right, of a yes. magic number for runners. Forty two exactly, kilometers in yeah. a marathon. Is, I've been playing this for for a couple of years, I guess. Like looking on, like uh, so, I'm turning forty two next year. So the big plan is like uh, even what old age I'm, I, I planned on going back to marathon next year. So it turned out, I guess the numbers turned out. Like, well, it's a coincidence, I guess. You know. So yeah, yeah I'm going back to marathon next year, and uh, always. I signed up for a couple, like uh, here in Montreal. I'm from Montreal, and but the big one I would like to do is the New York City Marathon. All right. Well, good uh, luck with that. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's not an easy one to get into, so uh, I wish yeah. you the best. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mark. Yeah. So, uh, tell me more about the enjoyment you get from running and and what it does for you. Mm-hmm. So basically. <laughs> I just love sport. I mean, it, it suits my personality, the lifestyle, just like it, how it is. I mean, you could basically run anywhere you want or anytime you want. You could run by yourself. You could run with a group. Um, just the pure enjoyment of running and, and also helping out others. I mean, like, I remember um, running once. Like, uh, I remember a stranger approaching me, like, asking me for directions. <laughs> I guess I guess he in his mind, like, oh, runners should know the area pretty well. <laughs> And, um, yeah, and also just be on a lookout, like, for someone in need and help. Like, I recently saw someone fell off a bike, like, while I was running, so I went over and and gave her a hand. Well, good for you. And I know that part of why you run is to give back to the community, so tell me a little bit about that. 
Absolutely, I believe it's very important to to give back to Ring Ring Community because that's where I started, and also like like in my opinion, like the volunteers what makes the uh, the event possible so i started like volunteering at a couple events this year and uh, and i intend to do so like for well, like forever you know like uh, it's very important i find like i understand as a runner how how important volunteers are so it's it's a good way to give back it would be on the other side yeah and and i yeah. know that when you did the army run recently uh mm-hmm. it it had a special meaning for you Yes, that's right. I uh, found out uh, a couple of years ago, actually, like, about my childhood friend, uh, Corporal Ainsworth Dyer. Um, um, he passed away, like, uh, in a friendly fire in Afghanistan. So, like, I was, like, very sad when I heard that. And, and I signed up uh, for the, the Army of Ottawa, and then and I decided to, you know, um, dedicate the uh, the run for him in memory. Like, yeah. Yeah, so that was very inspiring. Yeah. yeah, and tell me, tell me about that experience of of uh, running for your childhood friend uh, in a, in those circumstances. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, like I'm a very uh, I'm a very shy guy to begin with, like I'm less shy than like than before, but still, like that. I mean, when I was found out, like I knew I had to do it, like for my childhood, but like, and he was a great guy, you know, like. Uh, a very, a very big dude, but very strong guy, but very, very, very gentle guy, very friendly. So uh, I just had to do it. I just had to do it. Yeah. yeah. And it I... felt good, you know, after the race. Yeah. Was it emotional? Absolutely. Very emotional. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, so it's, it's, it's sad to see him, like, go at, at a such, uh, very such young age, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, what the Army Run is all about, is is paying tribute to... Those uh, those who have made a sacrifice for us, uh, and and, yes. um, and the injured soldiers who are part of the event, and all the members of uh, the the Canadian Armed Forces who participate themselves to to uh, show solidarity with them, right? Absolutely, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got marathons planned. What else is in your future as a runner, Vincent? Uh, you know what to to inspire. Was like be a good role role model for my daughter to be you not know, to be active. Uh, I mean, like. Um, as one company said, I mean, it's, it's good to run, I mean, yourself, but it's even greater if you can inspire someone else to run. Uh, just, just like, promote, like, physical activity, like, for others, like, to, to, to get out there and run. Well, good for you, Vincent. Yeah. Good for you. Congratulations you, on what you've accomplished. And uh, what does it mean to you to be in, uh, a member of the Sports Stats Hall of Fame for doing so many races oh, this year? I'm very honored and privileged to, to be. Like, I never thought I could be <laughs> Just that sort of accomplishment or recognition. You know? So it's, it's a really an honor to yeah. be in it. Thank well, you good much. for you. Congratulations, Vincent. Thank you so much for joining us on IRUN Radio. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much. That's Vincent Ng of Toronto. In the weeks ahead on IRUN Radio... We're going to talk to a man who took up running when he was 63 years old. He just completed his first marathon at age 70. A very inspiring story. I hope you can join us next week on I Run Radio. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.